In this episode of The Accidental Lawyer, Joe will attend his first workers' compensation hearing. Stay tuned to find out what transpires at the hearing. Welcome to The Accidental Lawyer. Last time on The Accidental Lawyer, Joe had received a hearing notice and was anxiously awaiting the hearing after borrowing funds from his in-laws to tide his family over. After Joe and Marie waited anxiously day by day, the day of the hearing finally arrived. Getting Joe to the hearing was difficult for Marie. Just getting Joe up, showered, and dressed was exhausting, let alone into the passenger side of the car with his walker. Marie then had to get Joe from the parking garage to the workers' compensation board. By the time they arrived, they were both tired and haggard. After checking in with security, Joe and Marie had a seat in the large waiting room full of injured workers. While exhausted from the trip downtown, Joe and Marie were sure their major worries over treatment and benefits would be resolved at this hearing. Unfortunately, Joe's high hopes of resolution of his most pressing issues at the hearing were to be quickly dashed. While hearings at the Workers' Compensation Board can move very fast, and a lot can be accomplished, Sometimes resolution of issues such as treatment and degree of disability are in dispute. This can result in litigation. The resolution of those issues can then move painfully slow for the injured worker affected. Would this happen to Joe? Joe and Marie sat in the waiting room after speaking to Joe's attorney. They were anxious about the hearing ahead. So much rested on the outcome. Joe was tired of being out of work. He was tired of the pain. He really just wanted to get the treatment that he was sure would get him back to work. He wanted to be able to pay his in-laws back. And Joe really, really wanted to get back to work. After waiting about 15 minutes, Joe heard his name over the loudspeaker. Joe and Marie looked up and saw his attorney wave him forward and down the hall. They walked down the long hall to the part indicated on the hearing notice. When they entered the hearing part, Joe was directed to sit in a chair at a table with his attorney while Marie sat on the bench behind him. The judge sat in front, slightly elevated. There was a large TV screen in the room. Joe, Marie, Joe's attorney, and the judge were all present together in the hearing room. The attorney for the carrier was on a screen across the room, appearing virtually. There was a microphone in the center of the table to pick up everything said during the hearing. The hearing started very fast and continued to move very fast. Joe tried to keep up with all the unfamiliar terms and arguments. He didn't understand a lot of what was happening. Joe was first sworn in by the judge and asked to verify his address. The attendees then all gave their names. Joe's attorney then began asking that the case be established to numerous body sites. His attorney began listing all the sites of injury that they wanted to be included in the claim, enlisting the medical evidence associated with that particular injury site. The attorney on the screen across the room, the carrier's attorney, sounded like he said he would agree to some of the sites, but he wasn't going to agree to all of the sites. The attorneys then began to argue about something called substantial medical evidence. Let's take a minute and talk about a hearing at the Workers' Compensation Board. They move fast. 
Hearings can also be very confusing for injured workers. The language used can seem foreign and be peppered with unfamiliar acronyms. Terms such as TP, TT, RE, PPD, NCLT are all thrown about regularly. All of the terms have very clear meanings in the system and certain obligations attached to certain terms. It can be a lot for a claimant, like Joe, who is already stressed over their injury, paying the bills, going to various doctors, and dealing with all the forms required in a form-laden system. To proceed with a workers' compensation claim in New York, substantial medical evidence is required. This is what was being argued at Joe's hearing. The sites of injury and which sites had medical evidence to proceed was obviously an issue that Joe's attorney was addressing and the carrier was fighting. It is a de minimis standard to move forward with an injury site, which means there's a very low threshold of evidence necessary to actually begin a workers' compensation claim. To get the site officially established does require more concrete evidence, but just to get started with a claim, the doctor should note a history of accident at work and a tentative diagnosis. Again, ultimately, more is required to get a claim officially established. But here, to simply get a claim started, substantial medical evidence is required. Joe's attorney began laying out the substantial medical evidence of the injury sites in dispute to the judge. His attorney would name the site, like the left arm, and then give the date of exam and name of the doctor who had filed the evidence in the board file. For example, the attorney would say, we are raising the left arm and would direct you to Dr. Smith's report of March 10th for sufficient medical evidence to proceed. The carrier's attorney would then argue that the evidence cited by Joe's doctor was not, in fact, substantial medical evidence. The judge would then review each report and decide, body part by body part, whether there was sufficient medical evidence to proceed. After review of the documents noted by Joe's attorney, the judge said there was, in fact, substantial evidence for most of the sites to move forward, but also ruled that there was not substantial medical evidence for other sites. Joe was confused. Of course, he was in the hearing and did not know yet what this meant. He had hurt numerous body sites when he was both hit by the car and the flying glass. It sounded like they did not want to pay for any sites that were hit by the flying glass. Some sites were injured worse than others, but all the sites that Joe's attorney had mentioned were injured in some way in the accident. Joe would learn after the hearing, when his attorney again sat down with him to explain what had transpired in the hearing, that Joe could come back in the future with substantial medical evidence on those sites where the judge had found against them. Just because the judge had found today that the medical evidence was not sufficient for them to proceed on a few of the sites did not mean that Joe could not talk to his doctor about the site at the next visit, and the doctor could then provide additional information in a medical report regarding those sites. If that happened, Joe's attorney could then again have the matter of sufficient medical evidence addressed by the judge. The important thing is that Joe's attorney had raised the sites timely, so there would not be a statute of limitations issue if the medical evidence came down the pike later. Joe and Marie sat in the hearing, though, unsure of what had just transpired. 
Just then, they heard the judge say something about an IME. Joe had no idea what IME meant. But the judge had directed the carrier to obtain an IME and had advised Joe he would have to attend an IME. Joe would later learn that IME stands for Independent Medical Evaluation. An IME is when the carriers hire their own medical consultant to examine a claimant. There will be more on this in later podcasts. Joe listened as his average weekly wage was then discussed. Apparently, the employer had a form to complete, but they had not yet completed the form, leaving confusion and speculation as to Joe's wages. Joe's attorney wanted Joe to be able to testify briefly as to his wages, but the judge said that could wait until next time if necessary. He was directing the carrier to obtain and submit the form within 30 days. When the awards were listed, Joe was surprised to hear a weekly rate that reflected the inadequate amount he was currently receiving. He looked over at his attorney, but the attorney was looking at the judge, asking for the awards to be at a tentative rate. Joe was not familiar with the term tentative rate, but hoped it meant this rate would change at some point to the higher rate he felt he was entitled to. The judge said he was giving the carrier 30 days to submit the form that would show Joe's real wages. Another 30 days. He would not have his benefits increased for 30 days? Joe could not believe what he was hearing. After hearing that his benefits would not yet be increased, Joe was thinking about not being able to pay off his loan from his in-laws as quickly as he hoped. The loan had helped them get through until this hearing, but what was Joe going to do from now until that form was submitted and his weekly benefits were increased? So far, Joe was thinking he had more to worry about after this hearing than before the hearing. With arguments flying about his wages prior to the injury, his current benefit amount, the sites of injury, Joe listened intently for word about whether his much-needed treatment would be approved. While it had sounded like his benefits had not yet been increased and the judge had directed an IME, no one had addressed the treatment request yet. Joe would learn more about the medical treatment guidelines and their effect on his treatment in that hearing. Joe would soon have his first workers' compensation hearing behind him. Will all his treatment issues be resolved as Joe hopes? Next time, we will find out how the judge ruled with regard to the treatment that was so important to Joe. We will also delve into what the TR means after the rate the judge set in our next episode. Make sure you tune in to find out. Right now, we will answer one of your questions. Please email me at accidental at katekirschlaw.com. I will choose one emailed question per week to answer. This week's question. Dear Kate, I'm a secretary at a small office. I have worked there five years and typed seven hours per day with one hour for lunch. I went to the doctor as my hands were numb and tingly, and I would drop things. The doctor asked me what I do for a living, and I told him. He said my symptoms could be related to my typing. He wanted to send me for a test, which I have held off on for now. I thought to have a worker's compensation claim that I had to have an accident. I have not had an accident. Would this be a worker's compensation claim? Signed, Sue. Hi, Sue. Yes, it could be. It depends on what your doctor finds and whether your doctor, after testing, believes your symptoms and diagnosis are related to your job and the typing involved in your job. While many work accidents are specific injuries, 
you can have, as many workers do, what is called an occupational disease. An occupational disease is something that occurs over a period of time due to the type of work you perform. For instance, a sewing machine operator in a manufacturing plant that must repetitively hold heavy fabric away from the needle with the left elbow may develop an elbow condition as a result. That is an occupational disease. Another example would be a large equipment mechanic. That particular type of work requires the mechanic to have large, noisy engines running all day. That mechanic would also have to use loud compressors to possibly fill tires and blow components clean. If that mechanic were to develop a hearing loss and the hearing test was done and the doctor felt that the hearing loss was due to his exposure to noise in his job as a mechanic, that would be an occupational disease. There are endless examples of occupational disease, but if your doctor performs the tests and finds your diagnosis related to your job, you have a worker's compensation claim and you should file same as soon as possible after you have been informed by your doctor of the correlation between your condition and your work. Remember to hit the subscribe button, share, and leave a review. Until next time, stay safe. This podcast in no way is meant to be legal advice to you and your specific injury or situation. The purpose of this podcast is simply to give a general overview of the workers' compensation system in a simplified way as it stands currently in New York State. I recommend that you contact your attorney to discuss the specific facts of your claim.